Uh, welcome to the fifth episode of Cloud Udu podcast, the podcast that is focused on cloud technologies and its real-life benefits. This podcast is delivered to you by Revolji. Uh, I am Stepan Kaiser. And I'm Christian Egiste. And we are here together with our special guest, Jonathan Maggie. Uh, so hi, Jonathan. And, uh, hi, Jonathan. Welcome here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we're really glad that you're here with us today. Jonathan currently works as CTO at Klaus, a tool which helps companies to improve customer service quality uh, in Estonia. And he also led the front-end web development team in Sky- at Skype. To begin with, the first question is like kind of a crucial thing. Like, do you like the cats in overall? Funnily enough, I am actually allergic to cats. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was unexpected, but. That's cool. Uh, but what about like the Klaus, the cat? Who who exactly is Klaus, and uh, why it's it's a cat? Well, I, well, I think Klaus is a little bit um, mystery for for everyone, and it's it's something that people can come and and help us solve. Uh, but one thing is certain, Klaus will help uh, customer service teams get started with the conversation review process in no time. Okay, cool. So, but can you can you briefly kind of uh, introduce yourself and the job that you're doing uh, and what the Klaus is exactly? Absolutely. Uh, so, thank you again for having me. Uh, my name is Jonathan Maggie, and and currently I am the CTO of Klaus. And at Klaus, we we do help customer support teams supercharge their QA process and improve the conversation quality. And uh, one way to look at this is comparable to the code review process, where you get feedback from your peers, uh, specialists in specific areas. And in in our case, you're getting feedback on the conversations that have been happening in the customer service platforms. Okay, sounds like understandable. And I also saw in your LinkedIn profile that you kind of explained that with with the explanation, it's a bit like code review for customer support. And truly, I, I loved it. So... So that's cool. And how did you get from leading the front-end uh, team at Skype to becoming a CTO uh, position at so-called customer support service at Klaus? Well, I, I've always been a little bit of a generalist, you know, even before before Skype. And at, at Skype as well, with the nine or up, up to 10 years that I spent there, I actually held many different roles. So yes, I, I, I started as... Um, as a front-end team lead, but uh, I actually ended up leading the platform engineering team at Skype. And uh, I think the the next big step in my career was joining Teleport as the first employee. Again, that was more of a generalist role where, like in, in every startup, you deal with a little bit of everything from engineering to ordering stuff from IKEA. Uh, I, I spent like around five years at Teleport and the following phases. And now a year ago, I, I joined Klaus as the CTO. Oh, okay. That's cool. Like, it's kind of an evolution for you then. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. I think I will I will come back with like a few questions about your uh, Skype career also. Uh, yeah, in a few minutes. But... Right now, uh, yeah, because uh, this is the podcast about cloud, uh, let's just uh, briefly discuss uh, your your relationship with the cloud. Uh, because I know that you are uh, like cloud native enthusiast, 
And I also know that you are like certified Kubernetes application developer, and you really specialize in cloud native containers, Docker's uh, microservices, technologies, and all these like yeah, cloud native cool stuff. And it's it's really cool. I think. Uh, could you just briefly tell me uh, like why or yeah why you love the cloud computing and. Uh, where you like see personally the biggest benefits for you and for your companies and uh, how you did get to this like yeah, cloud native computing. And maybe if you could also compare it to like maybe some previous world uh, without the cloud, if you, you know, if you had experience also with this one. Sure. Yeah, I, I do indeed really love the cloud native approach. And um, I already worked with containers before Docker existed uh, <laughs> and then and, and very early on from different cloud providers, Kubernetes when it was in its infancy and, and then so on. Uh, professionally, I think I started dealing with these cloud technologies when I was, uh, I, I, I can't remember, probably release or deployment manager at Skype, so around 2009. Uh, we were starting to look more into uh, serious automation and, and of course, uh, how to more efficiently use the resources as well. Uh, but from personal interest, I think I've been a follower from, from even earlier, like um, AWS from their launch of S3, I think in 2006. I was early follower of Heroku, um, Google App Engine in 2008. So those those things I've definitely paid a lot of attention uh, from early on. Okay. By the way, I don't know if it's a, it's a secret or not, but uh, you tell us like what uh, loud technologies did you use in Skype at the at the beginning? Well, um, Skype was was running out from uh, co-location facilities. Mm -hmm. uh, for for different reasons, uh, and the infrastructure was operated by by Skype's teams. Uh, so we were starting to build a lot of internal tooling around that. Uh, but we did uh, before Ma Microsoft ac acquisition uh, use AWS in in some cases, but um, nothing comparable to the scale of of our uh, co-located uh, servers. And okay. after Microsoft acquisition, of course, uh, Azure became a thing. But to be honest, uh, right after the acquisition, Azure really wasn't ready for, for Skype. So we did a lot of uh, explorational work, uh, had a lot of interactions with different Azure teams to, to get Azure ready for Skype scale, for Linux-based services, and, and, and things like that. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> By the way, uh, could you could you say like uh, where you personally see like the you know the biggest uh, benefits of using uh, the cloud in general? Uh, I know it's like very generic question, but uh, it's usually like interesting. I, I think the largest benefit for me definitely is that uh, taking taking out all the infrastructure hurdles and, and everything like that from the picture, uh, like. Unless you, for some weird reason, have really strong infrastructure team, you don't really want to deal with the servers as such. And now with uh, when we talk about cloud native, you're not necessarily even 
uh, operating the services on top of uh, on top of that infrastructure, you're you're offloading that to uh, very smart people at, at some cloud provider as well. And uh, on the other hand, uh, do you see some like challenges or disadvantages of using cloud or maybe the cloud native approach? Mm, absolutely. <laughs> if if you look at the landscape, there are so many projects. It's it's very easy to get lost. Even if you look at the cloud native trail map that the CNCF publishes, there are like 10 different themes with, with many, many, many um, like open source projects underneath and so on, from containerization to orchestration to service meshes and so on. So it's it's like it's a very complex space and and many of these projects come with very different levels of maturity uh, you're not necessarily sure how well these would interoperate and getting getting to the best practices probably requires a lot of uh, initial investment i also wanted to ask like do you see some differences between approach to the cloud uh, or like small company as or company at the beginning of its life let's say as for example the klaus when you joined it and the big company as it could be skype or do you think basically that you you can like you know use the same approach uh no matter the size of the company for for small company and if you're getting started you have um, a lot of uh, freedom of choice when we talk about companies with uh, with already existing systems, uh, call it legacy or call it whatever you want, it, it's it's much much harder to start like a migration pro uh, process to cloud native. So yeah, I, I think it's like if if you're getting started, getting started with cloud native uh, cloud providers, everything like that is much much easier. By the way, do you have some favorite cloud provider? My current favorite would be Google Cloud Platform. It it aligns well with uh, what I'm what I'm looking for, especially if we talk about uh, some services based on the uh, open source uh, community's efforts, like uh, Kubernetes or Dataflow, Airflow. I think these implementations that Google Cloud Platform offers are a little bit more mature than than maybe what the alternative providers offer. And I also really like their SDKs and developer tools. Those are pretty good. So uh, maybe come back just for a few minutes uh, to the Skype, because I think it uh, will be interesting for our listeners. Could you briefly describe your, let's say, your journey or story? Uh, like, you know, when you joined the Skype, how was the situation then? And how it maybe evolved during your career there? And uh, what was the situation there when you left the Skype? Absolutely. So I believe I held four different roles at Skype. So I joined, I started leading the front-end team, uh, but it was not necessarily like a classical web development team. We we actually had our... Uh, uh, Played a played a part in in developing the chat uh, part of Skype for Mac application as well, for example, and and so on. Uh, then I held roles of release and deployment manager, getting more into uh, core services, understanding how how it all plays together, all the different components, and so on. And my last position at Skype was uh, managing the platform engineering team. Where we we dealt with um, 
building out our virtualization, uh, even dabbled a little bit in the platform as a service space, and uh, used many, many, many very different technologies from Xen to LXC. And uh, also after the Microsoft acquisition, we started playing around with Hyper-V, and, and orchestrating that all with Microsoft System Center, uh, using using different tools like that, and and we also uh, in the end took care of, uh, of a lot of the internal tooling for our infrastructure teams and so on. So it, it definitely was a progression, uh, and then uh, yeah, a, di- a lot of different changes over the nine years. By the way, are you still in in touch with some like ex colleagues from Skype? Or are you because sure. I would say like like nine years, it's like really, you know, big part of life. So if you are still interested in like checking what is happening there and how life is how, how the life in Skype is going. Absolutely. And then uh, still many of the colleagues that I met early on are are still there at Skype today. And I, I think they're doing rather well. That's cool. Um if you should say like the most uh, i don't know challenging thing or maybe challenging uh, times in skype do you do you have something like that in your mind you know maybe something that was like really difficult for you or you had like really difficult project there that you had to deliver we really had a good team at, at skype as well but definitely there were some challenges that came from all the change that um, skype had to go through with these nine years as well uh i i lived through multiple acquisitions uh all of these bringing on their uh, own culture and and a lot of frequent leadership changes so all of that definitely had its impact and um, the culture definitely shifted from what it was in the beginning to what it is now and i think it it's uh, probably very healthy uh culture now in in microsoft in the talent office but uh, I think we saw some challenging times in in that sense as well. Okay. And by last question connected to Skype, uh, did you also lived in Prague when you worked for Skype? Because I know that there there is or there there at least was like quite a big IT office of Skype in Prague. <laughs> uh, there was. I don't think that there is anymore. I'm not actually hundred percent sure. But no, I didn't. I, and I actually managed to visit Prague only once. Uh, during my early days, I spent quite a bit of time in, in London. And uh, after different acquisitions, had to spend uh, mostly traveling to, uh, to the uh, Bay Area as well. Okay, that's, I think, enough for Skype. And let's, uh, let's switch to your current job in Klaus. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I have a, uh, have a question in regards to your... Um, uh, experience in terms of uh, changing various positions in, in 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 your lifetime so far, and I wanted to ask like, have you ever worked as a customer service rep- representative or done like a similar job, like for example, they get, taking a phone call from an angry customer or etc. Like, uh, no, I'm uh, never worked in a customer service role as such. Hmm. I, I, I think. At the teleport, for example, we were surely talking to our users, and, and some of these might have been angry at times as well. Uh, but what we do at Klaus today is uh, what we call cat footing. So uh, we use our own tool to review the conversations of our front-end pe- uh, frontline people. 
so we still look at the, get the insight from the front lines, and it's very humbling to see what these people face at times. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. And um, now, as you're working as a CTO at Klaus, like, um, what do you like the most about it? Like, uh, and what is the most challenging thing about being it? Like, in in terms of technically and personally, and etc. It um, surely has been a ride. Mm, luckily enough, even though there have been some challenges, some uh, fires that we have had to put out, uh, but there probably have been more successes. So I'm, I'm like the past year has really left a very positive emotion. Uh, thankfully, I'm working with very talented team at Klaus. Yeah, like seems seems like an excellent kind of a track record. So, uh, in terms of um, uh, problems that you're solving uh, on a daily basis, what are the kind of the main problems that you're actually working on? Right now, I'm thinking a lot about our next steps in the architecture, as we are more and more invested into machine learning, real time capabilities. Uh, we have to be ready and then prepare our platform for this as well. We, we already do process quite large amount of data conversations coming in from different uh, customer service platforms, uh, but we, we want to do more with that data, build pipelines for the machine learning, and then maybe even uh, give some real-time feedback to someone based on that data. Okay, and do you have like some preferred technologies that you use in Klaus for for those jobs? Mm, absolutely, my my current favorite code to uh, programming language, for example, is Go. Uh, but Klaus started out as a, as a Java-based platform with few monolithic Java applications running it. We we make heavy use of Google Cloud Platform capabilities. Uh, from Google Cloud SQL to PubSub to uh, Spanner, Dataflow, BigQuery, and so on. Okay. okay. And uh, I, I imagine you're using GKE, probably? <laughs> we are, yes. Uh, and w one question regarding the the Spanner, because, uh, yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's, I would say, popular service, but not used very often because it uh, could be quite pricey, I would say. Uh, could you maybe tell us a bit more about your usage of Spanner? Because yeah, I know it's like, you know, flagship product or one of the flagship products of GCP, but uh, to be honest, I didn't uh, I didn't meet a lot of uh, companies actually using it. So uh, yeah, if you could say some words about using the Spanner. Absolutely. Uh, Spanner is a really interesting product, and, and uh, if you just start at looking at the price list, it, it might seem expensive, but actually uh, for what it offers, it, it's actually not. And I, I think by, by moving more and more sort of like our backing data to, to Spanner, we might actually uh, reduce cost. Uh, but it's not a lift and shift. So uh, if you have been running on top of Postgre, for example, you, you have to rework your data structures to be able to use Spanner. So I think that's one of the things that have been uh, keeping people away from that as well. Uh, comparing it to uh, AWS's Aurora, for example, which is more ready for lift and shift workloads. And I also kind of want to ask about the DevOps, like, um, is that something that your team is really familiar with? I, I don't think that we think about DevOps 
at least not in a sense of, of roles or practices. Um, it's something that we, that we definitely do behind the scenes, but uh, we are engineers. We, we build and run our own services, uh, be it on Kubernetes or Google Cloud Run or, or anywhere, really. And uh, as a member of the engineering team, you have access to the tools. Uh, you do the setup. You uh, manage, instrument, monitor the services that you're dealing with. So uh, is it more like, a, let's say, everybody ops? You know. <laughs> yes, I, uh, definitely. Yes, <laughs> we have nice. a relatively small engineering team. I think we're still like ten people right now, so we we can't really afford to have uh, uh, DevOps specialists there that just deal with DevOps. Uh, as uh, Luckily, Google Cloud services are quite reliable, and, and there's no continuous maintenance that you just have to do there. Cool. It, it probably kind of comes together with yeah, lots of flexibility, thanks to that as well. Absolutely. So uh, we have like a small tradition here in a, in a cloud to do podcast. We have always played a small game. So uh, maybe uh, we can do the same with you. Uh, maybe you can try yourself to imagine that you're a five-year-old and explain the following terms that I'm going to, you know, pull out to you right now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but let's go for it. Let's, let's, let's just try for it. So when you have to do it for, imagine I'm a small guy, you know, five-year-old standing on the street and don't know anything about customer care. How, how would you describe it? Oh, wow. So uh, maybe imagine that uh, the toy that your dad just got you is, is broken and uh, you have to exchange it. But uh, who, who do you turn to? Uh, those probably would be the customer care people that you call up and they help you exchange the product that you have. <laughs> That's cool. That's really great, the way how to do that. Yeah, so I really got it. And uh, what about the cloud? Well, I think the cloud that we are talking about is um, just an easy way to uh, run software on other people's computers. <laughs> Yeah, That's nice. cool. I remember the last episode where we got uh, almost absolutely the same same answer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that is yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I, I think it's a, it's a great one. And uh, now, like, imagine like uh, you have a small kid and asking like, what do you do on a daily basis, and uh, what is the term CTO stands for? I think my explanation there would be that it's uh, it's a person who cares cares about business. Uh, Software and people. Nice one. That's a nice one. Thanks for that. Uh, and now let's try to um, let's try with a with a term Klaus. Klaus is a clever business cat that helps you understand how those great customer care people are doing with uh, other kids' toy related issues. <laughs> That's a nice one. That was a really cool one. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, and the last one. Let's let's try one more. It's um, maybe how you how do you describe Skype? I think Skype is one of the ways to call grandma. <laughs> okay, cool. So that that made sense. So okay. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, okay, and. Uh, now uh it's also our like uh one of traditional part of the podcast and it's uh it's more about yourself uh 
and uh, about your recommendation for our listeners. So could you maybe tell us uh, some like media you are following and uh, where we are, you know, getting all the insights, all the information for your business and technological part of your of your work? Mm-hmm. So I, I follow a lot of um, aggregators, actually. I, I do follow a lot of uh, Twitter. I check Hacker News. I follow LinkedIn. But yeah, I, I do follow a lot of aggregates rather than maybe uh, some very specific blogs or, or, or anything like that. Okay, and uh, and for the for the Twitter, so uh, could you say like maybe some favorite ones? Uh, again, like I, I have spent some time building some uh, personal lists that I, I scroll through, either daily or periodically. Pay a lot of attention to um, uh, cloud native people talking about things friends that I just follow, and so on. Um, when we're talking about uh, someone very specific, and, and if you, for example, are, are new to the cloud-native space, then uh, I would definitely recommend following Kelsey Hightower, for example, <laughs> and, and and looking up his keynote presentations. Those are truly amazing. It's hard not to get excited about the technologies that uh, he presents. Yeah, I also I really love him, and yeah, it's it's really cool to see his presentations, and I think it's uh, it has to be like interesting and funny also for people who don't know absolutely anything about about cloud. Absolutely. <laughs> mm, if it's possible, or if it will be possible, are you also visiting some like events or conferences, or not really? Well, since. March, there's a lot going on online. Uh, but before, definitely uh, paying attention to the same cloud native events, CNCF events like KubeCon, uh, I've been to DockerCon, even before that, events like uh, Velocity, for example, by the O'Reilly Group. And uh, Apple's WWDC is, is definitely a great event as well. I haven't been there, but this year it was online and the content quality is, is really high, not necessarily related to the cloud, though. But if we're talking about the um, online events, then I think a lot of interesting stuff happened this year, like um, Google Cloud Next uh, in a very interesting format where it lasted, I, I think, for nine weeks or something like that on, on mm-hmm. separate themes on specific weeks. Um, and of course, there have been events more geared towards engineering and product leadership by Elevate, by the Plateau. So yeah, th- there's definitely been a lot happening. Yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, anyway, are you using uh, Reddit? Are you following some subreddits there? Oh, wow, yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, a lot of aggregates come out from there. I'm not necessarily diving into any specific subreddits as such. I just uh, collect the interesting bits and pieces and then then go through them. Yeah, yeah, it makes makes sense. And uh, maybe last last question on this topic would be: mm, Do you have some like favorite events or activities happening uh, here in Tallinn in Estonia? 
Well, yeah, surely uh, there are some cloud native related things happening going on here, DevOps events. We, we do have uh, small AWS and uh, Google developer groups gathering and so on. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. I mean, I think that's all for, for today. And uh, we're really glad for all the insights that you gave for us. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan, for being here with us. And thank you, all the listeners, for listening to us. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure, Jonathan. And for now, it's, it's all uh, for all the listeners and cloud enthusiasts. Make sure to follow our Facebook and Twitter page, handle at Revoji, and join our meetup groups, Cloud Native Prague and Cloud Native Tallinn, if you haven't already. And uh, we thank uh, all our listeners, and uh, we will see you next time, guys. Have awesome. a nice one. Take Bye. care. Bye. Ciao. Take care, guys. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.